0: But I think the main thing is, at the end of the day, volleyball is volleyball. It's in the same 9 by 9 court, and the rules are the same. So we, uh, <laughs> is that on the back of your shirt? Yeah,
1: that's yeah, yeah, on the back of your shirt. A little
0: free shout out for you. Um, and it doesn't matter who's on the other side of the net. You need to still execute to the best of your ability if you want a chance to win. That's right, Brett Walsh. Welcome back, boys and girls, to the 9x9, the 81 square meters of the best volleyball coverage on the internet. It is episode 102. It is December 27, 2023. It is the last show of the year. Crazy. Uh, late Merry Christmas to you all. Early Happy New Year to you all. My name's Rob St. Clair, live from Chicago. That is Everett DeLorme, live from Toronto. Last show of the year, Everett. It's a big one. We've got a lot to wrap up. It is officially the midway point of the club season. Uh, And as is tradition, the Italian Super Lega packs a whole lot of games on to Boxing Day. And yesterday we were just inundated with volleyball games. And it was honestly, it was a banger of a day. There were a bunch of great games and a bunch of big upsets, and we're going to talk about them
1: that it was there was a lot of uh turkey hangovers, clearly or I don't even know i guess literal and figurative hangovers for the two of us on this show <laughs> oh yes, absolutely I think both of us both of us are hurting a little bit uh, at this point, but there was a very int- it was a very interesting day yesterday um I mean look at some of these results' It all started off with Verona um taking down Lube Milano continuing the upsets uh against Perugia, and then Tristerna Tristerna getting a big win over Monza and then Toronto getting on their board uh, with their first official win of the season, uh, despite, you know, still not being in last place. But it it was a crazy day. There was just so much going on. Uh, We have to start with Lube versus Verona. For sure. That that was the first one. Um, A reverse sweep.
0: uh, Lube had this in the bag, dude.
1: I don't. I know. I I went back and watched this one because I was flying back from, from Arizona yesterday. So I was like watching things as, as I could. I had to go back and watch this one. And it looked like Lube was so comfortable in two sets, you know. And But Verona does have this ability to kind of just change games. And they have done that multiple times this year. But it's, it's, it's only been in the past couple of games where they've been able to pull it out in five
0: right they have verona i mean we've talked about him a lot this season for mostly bad reasons but the the, the reason <laughs> the reason why we we, we talk trash about Stoichev so much and and how disappointing verona usually is is because of how good we know they can be because of the number Dude, of Ross x factors stacked. that they have yeah the, 100% the, so that they they made two big changes. One was bringing in Namori Keita and the other was Mm -hmm. bringing in Francesco Sani, who was unbelievable, like practically automatic off the bench, 10 for 14 attacking for Sani, which is so sick. And they pull off a reverse sweep of one of the best teams in the league. Like it's, that this is the Verona that we like. This is the Verona that we know is in there somewhere. I, at what point do you make that? Because that's been the changes for, like, the past couple of matches, right?
1: Where you're starting a um and you're going that other route, and then you're going back to Namuri Keita and Francesco Sani. Like, first and foremost, we've talked about it before, Francesco Sani has to be one of the biggest revelations in not only in the Super League, but just all in volleyball, considering where he was at UCI playing on the right side, and then he's coming into the Super League having a median impact on the left side. Like, what is going on with yeah, that? That's crazy. Um, nomori keita coming in and dominating is is not nearly as much as a su- su- surprise that dude like holds so many records in korea and like he's he's so dynamic we saw it saw it last year and it's it's it's, it's exciting to see him uh come back but i was really surprised at how verona was able to dig deep and, and come out with this one they were down by like two or three in the
0: fifth yeah they were uh they were down let's see oh man the the statue doesn't have the splits that's too bad uh, they, they they were down by two, maybe three, maybe even four in the fifth, and they they, they pulled it back and figured it out. Uh, Lube definitely fell asleep at the wheel, obviously, but it was not Ades-Legumja's best game. And what we're no. going to get to in a minute, our like, mid-season awards for the Superliga, now that we've reached the midway point. And Legumja has had a fantastic year, like we'll talk about. But how many times have we seen it, Everett? Legumja has a phenomenal start to the year and then starts to dip towards the middle of the year and isn't usually able to rescue it towards the end of the year. Like I feel like, I feel like he, he dispelled that last year a little he bit. Did. He did. I, I, I really good, felt, felt that he
1: had, a, he finished strong last year. Um, so I, I'm expecting that that to happen. I'm not too perturbed. It was just over and all. We, this was a really bad passing game uh, bad. for, for uh, Alex Nikolov. And it's, it's funny because I thought he's been passing way better this year, but he really cracked under the pressure. Only 9% perfect. He got aced four times, and they're really going after him. Like 33 attempts over the course of this match. like He is fielding a, a big part of the uh, – like more than a third
0: uh, of, of the service receives. Thirteen aces to only twenty errors for Verona is incredible. Like that, that's uh, one of the best ratios we've seen in any game all year. Definitely Verona's best serving game of the season. Uh, Donovan Jabrónuk was really good. He had five aces by himself. That's incredible. And it seemed like yeah, somebody in the chat is saying, okay, you got to give Stoichev credit when when he deserves it. Making those two moves for Keda and Sani were, were excellent choices, and it seemed like Verona had a better plan from the service line. They, they, were, they were obviously serving with a lot of heat because they have the arms to do that. But yeah, putting a lot of balls on Nikolov, able to really crack Lube towards the latter half of that match. And it worked. Uh, reverse sweeps are fun. and we, Not the even, only one that we saw this week as well. No, it's not. But what's
1: even crazier is that Verona was able to do this with like a terrible Rokmosic game yeah made. very it bad was three three for eleven with two errors and got blocked three times and negative efficiency out there. he got pulled after he got pulled uh, after the second in in, uh, in place of Francesco Sani. Um, so that's a big thing, man. Just think of what could happen is because I still find that Verona just doesn't take care of the details and that was really what kind of got them behind in the early goings of that of that fifth set. And, you know, I I thought it wasn't a great game by Tacheco either. He's not been the greatest. Like, he he hasn't been the best version of himself, and I don't think he's been the best setter in the league uh, so far this year. And this was another uh, indication of that. uh, I agree with that. uh, He he was
0: amazing at the beginning of the year and then has... I mean it, it happens to Jusechko sometimes. We've seen this where he gets a little bit sleepy and a little bit lazy in the middle of a long club season. Fatigued, right? Yeah.
1: yeah. Like this was this was a year where, you know, it's not like past years where he hasn't played VNL. Um he played VNL, he played the, the the South American Championships and then the Olympic qualifiers. Like it was a long summer for a lot of these guys and he was playing so many games. So I think that I think it's just catching up to him. He has to be tired.
0: Fair enough. Uh, yeah, big win for Verona. They, uh, there, there wasn't a whole lot of drama as far as Copa Italia qualification. We'll talk about that in a minute, but that's part of, uh, how the league works after the, at the midway point of the year, the top eight teams get spots in the Copa Italia. That was kind of always going to be Verona's spot in eighth. There wasn't that much drama yeah. with that, but um, maybe they can use this towards the rest of the season to, uh, because they're gonna, you're gonna want to be a lot higher than eighth heading into the playoffs. You do not want to play Trentino or Perugia in the first round. And uh, I mean, hey, I honestly, like after this unless... weekend, the, after yesterday, Rob,
1: anything is possible. Like this is in my memory. This has to be the closest it's been one through eight, right? Like, like right now in this in this point in time, Verona and eighth, I could see them beating Perugia. And a, on an outside chance, I could see them beating like Trent, like if Trentino has a bad day and, and Verona has a good day, that could be a toss, you know. That, that I'd be a toss
0: up. I do not see Verona beating Trentino. Uh, I, I oh come on, no, no way, uh, on, spe- especially not in a five match series. No way, no way. Oh,
1: I'm talking. Hey, whoa, whoa, I'm talking about one day where Trentino has an off day and Verona has 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 it has a pretty good day.
0: Oh, well, we, we may very well see that in the Coppa Italia. But uh, speaking, I mean, I, I just said you don't want to play Perugia in the first round. Don't tell that to Milano. They they certainly do. They, they would love nothing more than to play Perugia in the first round again. And another chapter in that saga continuing from last year's playoffs, another reverse sweep. Perugia went up 2-0. It looked easy. Then one of the craziest service runs I have ever seen in my life from Matej Kaczynski to go up 13-1 to in the third set to make Perugia pull the starters. But I I even said it in the Discord. I'm like, okay, Perugia's going to pull the starters. They're going to come back in the fourth set. They're going to win easily and get three points. Wrong. I was completely wrong. And Perugia had chances in that fourth set. But Milano with a very improbable, very impressive reverse sweep. And Matej Kaczynski was the guy 25 points with six aces at age 39. That's just absolute insanity. It's not <laughs> that
1: that is that is absolutely bonkers. And especially against a team like Perugia. You know, he's not out here doing it against Toronto or Catania or one of these, you know, like these whatever Mickey Mouse teams. Like he's doing it against what should be on paper the best team in the world. Now I think. To me, this is just showing. Like, do I th- still think Perugia has the ability to, to win? Absolutely, but this this team is not as rock solid and as bulletproof as 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 I thought they were. And it's it's really what's showing me that there's so much parity. But man, if there's one team that feels so confident in being maybe overlooked right now, it's probably Milano. After that tough start to the season, no Paolo Poro, like milano's kind of have has been rolling of late and this is just another one like they were really really good in this game uh obviously matei Kaczynski was unreal um but even even Ishikawa like 10 for 17 only like he was just so steady for them uh, as well like
0: yes, yeah, this- c- coming back from injury uh that, that that helped a lot milano having Ishikawa back but yeah per- the the crazy part about this Perugia game is that it reminds me of last year, where it, on a much smaller scale, much smaller time scale, but last year, remember, Perugia undefeated. They were they were cruising along. They weren't really challenged. But then once that challenge happened in last year's Coppa Italia against Piacenza, then they did not respond well to that adversity. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was kind of a similar thing in, on, in the span of one match, because I, I really thought that when Kaczynski went on that ridiculous run in the third, where yeah. he, he ripped off six aces in one run, including five on Camille Semenyuk, who's really rattled them, which is crazy. I, I didn't think that that would rattle Perugia. I thought that they would, you know, pull the starters for the third, put them back in in the fourth and be back to normal. But that that that's not what happened. No, they, not they, they, did, they did not respond well from that emotionally. And that was a little bit worrisome for me. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think it's twofold, though. I think Milano just built
1: so much from that. And we all know about how momentum driven this game can be and 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 how you know sometimes you're just riding that wave and it just feels fantastic and this is a team that when they can ride that wave when Matej Kaczynski is is dropping 25 points at age 39 like you can do that like this is still a world-class team right they have guys who can really just punch at the the highest levels um and I just don't think that that Perugia is that bulletproof anymore um, especially with with No León out there, but even then with León, I I don't know if that would have hundred percent made a difference. Like we've seen it, not really made a difference in the past
0: so many times recently. I have a question: Why is Jesus Herrera starting at opposite for Perugia lately? I, so I was looking at the at the mid season stats. Wasim Bentara is is, is hitting a full hundred points better in efficiency on the year, like three seventy four to two seventy seven than Herrera. Wow. Like, that that's a massive difference on a good enough sample size. I don't really understand why Bentara isn't the guy.
1: Yeah, I mean, even Bentara's coming in off the bench going five for nine. Right,
0: and playing well. He
1: does does get blocked twice. I'm not entirely sure, Rob. And... I'll admit I wasn't in favor of bringing Bentara in over Richlicky, and I think the numbers that Richlicky has been putting up this year for Trentino kind of b- back that up for me. However, I do like the way that Bentara has looked when he's when he's been in. I've I've really enjoyed it. So I don't understand why you know, especially in in a game like this, like you're bringing him off the bench. Why not Why not change it up a little bit, right? Like, w- w- why not go with him? I mean, Herrera was the best uh, attacker for um, uh, for Perugia and added five blocks, which is not generally in uh, Good point. in Herrera's game, right? He did so, make like,
0: seven errors, though, and missed eight serves. Like, yeah. he, he has not served the ball well this year at all. His, his numbers nope. are terrible. His ace-to-error ratio is one of the worst in the league, and I just don't... Uh I don't I don't really get why why Bentara isn't isn't the starter day in and day out. But uh I guess. Or more... even
1: being given like if, if like if you have a guy like Bentara on the bench, why isn't um Herrera's leash a little bit smaller,
0: right? Because totally. I, yeah. Totally agree. So uh good for Milano. This this is a massive win. Yeah, they're kind of back to the team that we thought that they might be after a rough start without with with their starting setter, and now they are they could beat really anybody on any given day. I don't know. Uh, we'll talk about their Copa Italia draw in a second, but yeah, Milano is for real. This is a really fun game. Yeah, it
1: it, it really was, and honestly, it just makes me more excited. The fact that we've got like legitimate teams one through eight, and is just going to be make it the, the rest of the year so much more interesting. Going to make Copa Italia so much more interesting, like into the playoffs. Ah, it's 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 so exciting honestly we we've been in for such a treat this year in so many leagues around the world with so much parody and it's been it's been a lot of fun
0: a lot of parody yeah it's very cool a couple couple dongings to talk about quickly Trentino over Padova is is not uh is not surprising at all although it was 34 32 in this in the second set that was a very interesting overtime you talked about Camille Rikliski who I mean he has had an outstanding year, but he choked big time in several moments in that in that second set. Even though Trentino won it, just <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there. But uh, Piacenza beating Modena was quite convincing as well. I will say it seemed like
1: yesterday was a bad day for a lot of guys who have been having great seasons. Right. Like kind of across the board. I think honestly, I think there was a lot of tortellini going down on the 25th, <laughs> uh, probably some soup. You know, that's what I've noticed when I was scrolling through Instagram on Christmas is that the Italian, it's all about pasta on Christmas. It's, uh, you know, it's all
0: about pasta every day of their lives. It's, those Those are my people. I love it so much.
1: Yeah. Uh, absolutely, we should. We should. It would be so much fun, Rob, to go to the Boxing Day game.
0: A uh, Boxing Day game sometime. That would be very fun. That would be very fun. Hey, uh, to to our Italian listeners, I will be in your country in June. So just. Uh, oh, why are you going like, to Italy? My uh, my wife's friend is marrying a guy from Napoli. A guy from Naples in Naples. So we're going to be in Southern Italy in June. We're going to make a trip out of it. So I doubt there will be a lot of volleyball going on at that point because it'll be VNL time. So there won't be yeah. anything happening in Italy. But um italian people just to uh, just put that in the back of your head we'll, we'll talk about it later uh, <laughs> somebody in the chat wants us to talk about cisterna versus monza obviously we're going to do that uh, massive win for cisterna this was not a good game for monza by any means aced 11 times 11 aces only 13 errors for for cisterna it is outstanding uh four for Parrish five five for Jordi Ramon which is incredible plus 11 for 21 attacking uh tail four 24 for 46 super high efficiency for 24 points for for the first year kid like perfect storm for Chisterna. great match uh just about everything went wrong that could have on the Monza side at home but even when I look at some of these stats, like,
1: I did not watch this game once again. I was flying back from from Arizona, and there's only so many games I could, could catch up on. But just looking at these stats, like, Monza outpassed Tristerna so bad. Tristerna passed, like, absolutely terrible and yet they were just chucking highballs to the outside for for fault to just mash on uh not a great game from uh our boy Stephen Marr, uh unfortunately it looks like Arthur Schwartz was all right what yep. did, you, did you check this one out what was, oh, yeah. the
0: difference in,
1: what was the difference maker in this one
0: uh it was so the, the reception numbers I don't think really do it justice I think okay. that it was Chisterna's service pressure. It was all the aces, like a, just a crazy, crazy number of aces. And uh, like somebody in the chat just said, Ron Takahashi's reception was uncharacteristically bad. Yeah, uh, so that, that that was definitely a big part of it. Chisterna was just feeling themselves from the service line. And uh, that, that was kind of it, really. A uh, lot of lot of highballs, a lot of out-of-system stuff from Monza. And there just wasn't really that much that they could do. I, I give Chisterna all the credit, to be honest. Fair enough. I'm, I like that. I mean,
1: Chiesa—they're—they're they're always knocking on that door. They're always good for a few every every year. And I mean, Monza's been having a having a having a good, pretty good season. I feel like they were due for one of these, especially yeah. especially in the league that we've been having this year.
0: There, uh, there have been a couple eggs laid by Monza this year. I mean, the, the game against Milano a few weeks ago, and they got three dogs. It, was, it wasn't was was that that was bad. And when that happens, it, it, I, I look at serving. Uh, Monza's serving is usually not good. Sometimes they have. Yeah. The horrific ace to error ratios, and this is one a two to 15. Very like, bad. Not a good, not a good day. It looks like Schwartz had
1: a nice day offensively, not so great behind the baseline mm-hmm. with uh, five for five errors on only 11 attempts. Not yeah. not the best. Like, uh,
0: Arthur, so I was again, I was I put together a lot of numbers for the, the midseason, and uh, Arthur Schwartz, uh, attack efficiency on the year, very good, blocking on the year, very good, serving, not good at all. He really has not had a good season serving the ball.
1: He's just one of those guys. Like he's just got to go for it, right? Yeah. Like he's he's not a skill. He's not a skill guy. So he's not going to carve you up. Um, I doubt he could hit a float serve with any efficiency. He's a guy that just needs to go to mash away. For sure. that, like we we need to see that efficiency make a little bit better. But he's gonna he's gonna bring along a boatload of errors.
0: Five aces, thirty-one service errors on the year. For sure. Ooh, okay, yeah.
1: that yeah. is that is like that is not very good yeah, that's it's bad under 20%. Yep.
0: Yep, not good. So, uh everything else is pretty good but yeah, not that. So, bad, uh great serving for Chi really bad serving for Monza was it was kind of my assessment of it. Yeah, fair enough.
1: All right. Uh anyone any other of these matches here that we want to talk about, Rob?
0: Uh um, Piacenza Modena really quick. I I watched some of this one, uh I probably the first two sets and Piacenza really had it pretty convincingly in hand. Uh, Modena on the wings just wasn't quite good enough. Uh, Saposhkov, three for nine. Davi Skiba off the bench on both wings, hit zero, zero percent efficiency. Uh, Rinaldi was not great. Uh, Juan Wantarena actually was very good. Hit um, his, He hasn't played every game this year, but his efficiency numbers on the year actually are pretty amazing, especially for a guy that age. But um, this was a very good Piacenza game. Uh, Francesco Recine continues to have a very good year um, uh, uh, Robert Landy Simone had a lot of impact went seven for seven on offense love to see that um it was a pretty good yuri no wait it was not a good Yuri Romano game my apologies uh, five for five for 16 attacking with five errors but five aces so you, you had you had the good Romano serving uh and yeah just Modena didn't really have anything going offensively but I, I do kind of want to talk about Toronto getting their first win because uh, I had that on for a little bit as well
1: Real quick though, Rob, I do I will say I think of all the teams in the top eight, I'm the least impressed by Modena. Like
0: Yeah. I you, I am very low on Modena this year. I'm not quite that low, but uh I, I just don't think their ceiling is that high. I no, I I don't, don't think it's that good of a
1: team. I don't think so either. And that's that's the big reason why I'm 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 so low on them. Like I just don't see them like I I, I think that because of the, the squad that you have they're slightly going to overperform their on their overall skill level because you have guys who know how to win and guys who who have been there and like guys like Wantarena and Bruno are always going to be able to steal you games. Shaposhkov is going to be able to steal you some games just by like pure scoring uh but he's also going to lay some complete eggs like in, in a game like this one and you've got of course some some pretty decent guys down the middle but overall their ceiling is is so so low and i i i like verona more than them
0: Ooh, uh i don't know if i like verona more than them but verona's ceiling is definitely higher than Modena's. i'm verona's uh
1: cliente- not clientele but personnel on the court i absolutely love
0: um the only issue is on the sidelines <laughs> okay uh, last but not least congratulations toronto finally Finally, they they got a W and they got it for three points. I mean, this is a must-win game against uh, their fellow bottom feeder Catania. Uh, actually, not bad volleyball. Like, I, I watched some of this game. It was it was pretty competitive. I mean, I, I'm I still continue to be decently impressed by Catania. That is not a bad team. No, yeah, w- not at w- all. whoever does get relegated is is not going to be like a waste of space team like in some of years past. Like no, absolutely. Obviously, not. obviously Ravana, that one year comes to mind. But uh, there there's decent ball being played here. Uh, but, yeah, Toronto finally gets a win. Uh, Filippo Lanza actually was was decent this game. Uh, Jose Gutierrez was extremely good. And Kyle Russell was pretty good. One, one of his better games on the year. So that was good to see. Gutierrez has quietly been putting together a, a pretty solid season, I
1: feel like. I feel like there's been some ups and downs, but overall he's been pretty pretty, pretty decent.
0: Yeah, he's had. I mean, just like all of Toronto, he's had some bad games, and he's been bad in fifth sets, as the entire team has. But uh, I like Gutierrez. I mean, we've seen him for Cuba coming off the bench, and he's just super dynamic, so yeah. fast, like crazy quick twitch off the floor, like super fast arm. Uh, I I do like his game, and he was good yesterday, fourteen for twenty two with only two errors. That's that's excellent. Um, yeah, good to see Kyle Russell be good. Uh, Jeff Gendric blocked the ball well, but that was about it. I I, I I'm still a little bit surprised that Toronto hasn't done anything about their center position. Angel Trinidad is not having a good year. Um, so I, he's definitely a big part of the problem on that team, but good enough yesterday to get the first win of the year. He's one of those guys
1: that I feel like continues to get opportunities despite not really showing up. Like another one of those is that year in Vashava when he was playing uh, with, uh, with what's his face, um, Anastasi. Um <laughs> And they laid the egg
0: there that year as well. Yeah, I think I think Petkovic was the opposite on that team as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I think you're right as well. Tough roster. Yeah. Was it, or was
1: it, he? He had scraw? It doesn't matter.
0: It, it, um, might, have, it might have been uh, Catania. I mean, looking at the numbers, Paul Buchegger obviously put up the numbers on moderate efficiency and got very little help. That was that was my my take I, I'm not the most educated on all of Catania's games <laughs> at all but <laughs> I'm not I'm not surprised yeah.
1: uh I've only watched them a little bit as well but yeah Kager has been putting up some big numbers I think he's like second yeah. in the in the league so far this year behind uh till he actually leads um, he, he or he's, he leads the league, league
0: yes per Leads league in points per set, but on uh, not the best efficiency. Which is no. super, super typical for an opposite on a low, lowly-ranked team. Absolutely. Just shuffle the ball to the opposite. Exactly. He's just, just going to swing away. Exactly. That's that's what, that's what we want to see the big boys do out there. So, the standings. Oh. Halfway through the year. Uh, Trentino at the top. 10-1. and one. Perugia. A couple losses lately, including the one to Milano. Verona is the 8th-ranked team. They get the last seed in the Copa Italia. Padova Cisterna, Toronto, and then a good bit of separation now uh, over Catania in relegation position. Here are the matchups for the Coppa Italia Trentino versus Verona, Monza versus Lube, Piacenza versus Milano and Perugia versus Modena. Uh, Those those games are actually very soon. I think they're like next week. Yeah, uh, 3rd and 4th of January. Yeah, next Wednesday and Thursday. And so this is a a single elimination tournament. That first round, those games are hosted by the higher-seeded team. But then as you see, like the 27th and the 28th of January, like the semis and the finals, that's like neutral site, big domestic production, like big deal inside Italian borders is the the Coppa Italia semis. But the, the quarters have delivered upsets basically every single year. Uh, We've had Milano seems to beat Lube in the first round every year Uh, this year. We'll we'll see if they can do it against Piacenza Verona versus Trentino is a little bit interesting. Uh, Monza versus Lube is very interesting. Milano versus Piacenza is very interesting. I actually love these matchups.
1: Yeah, I, I really do too. I think Verona, will just go in and kind of gotta go balls to the walls against Trentino I uh, and I absolutely love that Monza's actually really had Lube's number for a while now both this season and last season so I think that's a really good I think I think they've actually won their past three against Lube uh, if oh. I'm not mistaken um, so I, I think that's going to be a fantastic matchup Piacenza versus Milano might be the spiciest of them all I love that game because it's those two teams that are like they're really in there to try to jump into that next level. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then Perugia Modena is going to be whatever.
0: Yeah, that that's that's the one that I'm least excited about. Yeah. I, I just match-up-wise, play style, I don't really see a world where Modena beats Perugia. Even though Modena stole that game from Trentino like two weeks ago, I I, I don't see them beating Perugia.
1: No, I, I don't think so. I think it's... Like, isn't there a thing between Modena and, and Trento? Like... I saw our our Modena fans going pretty uh, pretty nuts in the Discord uh, after that one. Um, you know that's where like the whole Vaffa Culo Trento started. Uh, <laughs> I apologize to our, all our Italian fans. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it just it just meant something. Like once again, like Modena has that ability to turn it on. But I think Trento is going to want to want to really like once again we've talked about it before Copa Italia or any like cup play for the individual leagues means so much to these teams because it's played on like a national level. And there's plenty of sports people within Italy who don't care about volleyball, but will somewhat be aware of what's happening. Like, like for the semifinals and the finals, be aware of Coppa Italia.
0: Totally. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you nailed it. The plus league is the same way. Uh, the, The German cup is a different format, but that's a big deal. Like, yeah, the, the domestic cups get a lot of attention inside their own borders. Um so yeah the, these quarterfinals are next week the the three good ones Monza Lube, Piacenza Milano, Trentino Verona are all next Wednesday January 3rd. They're all yeah. basically at the same time as well which sucks. Uh and then Perugia Modena is next Thursday. With like with a cup
1: like this too you have two days. Why not do like an early game and a late game and an early game Unquote. and a late game. It's just like it's, it's incomprehensible how stupid it is. Like Oh, it honestly makes my brain hurt. Maybe that's the hangover, but it's also just the idiocy of these trench coats and boomers, and I just can't yeah, handle dude, it anymore, do, Rob St. Clair.
0: Do a 5 like, p.m. and an 8 oh. p.m., and then the next day a 5 p.m. and an 8 p.m. If you want these games to be... I know that, that they're not... It's not It's not like the neutral site big production that it is for the semis, but if you want these games to ha- have national attention, let everybody watch all of them. I, I just don't understand why... why the that that line of thinking just doesn't make sense to people in Italy. No. Well, it's not
1: necessarily the people in Italy. Let's not blame the entire country off it's the, the idiocy it's of, the people, of the owners. The people right?
0: over the age of seventy-five who are making all the decisions. 100 yeah. percent It's the billionaires who own it. They don't
1: give a sh- they don't care about it's funny how I'll swear in, in Italian but won't do it in English. <laughs> Thanks YouTube. Um <laughs> Um, but it's, it's yeah. right. It's it's the owners who don't care about like they must not be getting enough of a TV deal, right? I'd be so interested to know what the DV, TV deal is between like Volleyball World TV and the Super Lega and how that's trickled down into the owners. Like where where does that that breakdown happen? Um, because it, it, it like their number one priority is the box office, which is like 1980 shit. <laughs> right like this is like literally like brings us back to like let's, yeah let's do do deals based off of like you know like uh, like first league soccer it's it's so embarrassing yeah
0: very very frustrating but uh w- without further ado ever i think it's time to uh unveil the volleyball source super lega mid-season awards are you ready you're ready to jump into this thing
1: yeah i'm I'm ready i'm stoked uh let's let's get into it um rob and i were originally going to do each of our own teams but then we started filling it out and saw that we had the ex- literally the exact same answers for everything so like well we're just we're just going to come to a consensus the clear consensus on a, on a, on basically all of these um where, where are we starting with this are we going to start do we want to go straight with the mvp
0: now let, let's do let's do our first team like our first team all stars and then yep. do the superlative. So our like first that. team all stars, just like Everett said, we we were going to make our own teams and they ended up being exactly the same. And a lot of these are pretty much no brainers. Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll read them down. We can talk about them. First team setter for the first half of the Super Superlega season is Ricardo Spertoli of Trentino. Uh, you know the, the the starting setter on the best team. Outside hitter Alessandro Micheletto of Trentino. The other outside hitter is Camille Semeniuk of Perugia. The opposite is Otis Legumja of Lube. The middles are Robert landy Simone of Piacenza and Agustin Loser of Milano. And our Libero pick, we went with Gabriele Lorenzano of Trentino. So, uh, I mean, Setter and Libero, it's difficult to quantify them statistically yeah kind it, of
1: for definitely for libero because there's yeah. no numbers out there at all for any of the libero stats, like like it's so hard with passing, and then you can't even group the liberos together like it's so difficult. honestly, we really need just need to build our own stats database rob like if if you guys if people in our community want to help us do this i'm getting so frustrated like i just want everything in one place same right i just i just want everything in one place and i want to be be able to build scripts so that we can just like defer our own information from the little that they give us but i digress if you want to help us build the stats database and an app let us know because i'm so sick and tired of this shit um <laughs> no dig stats how yeah, whatever um, really stats, but yeah. i do think that spratelli like I think we've seen both Gianelli and DiCecco struggle. Honestly, I was like, I was looking at it between Spartoli and Poro because of the impact that Paolo Poro has been having on his team since, and, since he's joined the team. Cachopa, I think Kachopa's had a good year, but it's like, it's a little been been, been a little bit up and down. Like when, when Moans has been bad, kachopa has been bad type of thing. Right. Um, but Spartoli has been so solid. We've talked about it time and time again. Like, for totally if you want to play for a national team come play for team canada but like, please like we'll at least put you on the court um because you're fantastic
0: and he's a hands-down he's, top 10 sitter in the he's world really good dude he's really good i mean yep. kind of how i looked at it for the setter and the libero like trentino leads the league in attack efficiency as a team mm-hmm. yeah that's a huge credit to ricardo spiritually uh Gabriele I'm lorenzano t- at libero actually does lead the league in perfect pass percentage and Trentino is the best team. So like we we gave it to him kind of on that that's more more difficult to quantify that one, but um, spiritually for me it was a no-brainer. He is so consistent. He is the absolute perfect setter for that team and is a big part of their identity and how they've been so good so consistently and he won a scudetto last year. So uh that was a no-brainer for me. Similarly a no-brainer was Micoletto. Dude, this guy's yeah, numbers. Yeah. This guy's numbers are Ridiculous. absolutely bananas he leads all outside hitters in points per set in attack efficiency in blocks per set and he's second in the league in aces per set amongst outside hitters and like the the numbers 4.55 points per set for a left side is insane 0. 0.5 aces per set is very good 0. 0.48 blocks per set for a wing is very good he's hitting 460 efficiency on the season that's gross 460 that's gross
1: and just like just by the eye test too like you watch Trentino play and
0: Micheletto has just been so damn good it's crazy how good he's been 460 yeah. that's through 11 matches that's nuts
1: i i like it's, it's <laughs> crazy to like remember that. how young Micheletto is because he's been so prominent so far like basically like the post-pandemic era has been the Micheletto era like let's be honest and like how much italy has won how, how how good this team has has done even though they've only won that one championship what they went to two straight champions league finals yeah they went to three straight not three straight never mind no no, they didn't. They just they just went to the one Super League final. But still, this team has been has been so solid, and he's been the like the, the unicorn is has been on full blast this year, and it's the unicorn been
0: awesome. Just watch it. Yeah, he's just so so good. Uh, similarly, good. We've talked about it a good bit this year, but we do want to continue to give credit to Camille Semeniuk oh, yeah. for returning. Back, baby, close just about as close as he was to his last year in zoxa form obviously wasn't good last year he has been pretty vocal about uh his disagreements with andrea anastasi but uh Semenyuk's having a phenomenal year his passing numbers are off the charts um, his attacking numbers are extremely good 376 efficiency on the year and a uh, 0.47 aces per set so uh up there with the, with the league's best in serving and, and attacking amongst left sides like <laughs> i was because I'm, I'm ranking i have this this big table that I can rank all the, all the stat categories uh, by column and honestly it's it's numbers are making everyone else in the league look bad. <laughs> Well, like S- Semenyuk hitting 376 with with like 3.5 points per set and 0.47 aces per set. Like, those are amazing outside hitter numbers. And he's just being put to shame by how good Miko has been. Uh, but still, I-, I think Semenyuk has been the second best outside hitter in the league this year. Yeah, so far. he a- absolutely has been. And like,
1: his his confidence is way back. Last year, it seemed like he was trembling in his boots whenever he got to, got on the court. This year, he's, it's been a completely different Semenyuk, and it's been awesome to to see uh polish fans i know they're stoked about it like why not add another world class outside to your arsenal um and honestly like i think that if if perugia is going to be successful this year i really think that semeniak is going to be a one of like like a massive piece to all that and it's going to continue to be so definitely agree Middles. I mean, this is a this is a no-brainer. Oh, yeah. Rob. They these two guys are like it's it's not even close. After these two guys, when you when you look at the t- statistical breakdown of all the middles in the league,
0: it's yeah. Robert Lenny Simone and Augustine Losera are far and away the best middles in vo- in vol in this league and maybe maybe in volleyball. In vo- no. Let's I'm gonna go out and say it in, in volleyball,
1: like. Like Huber has been having a great year, absolutely no no doubt about it. Uh, in Poland, like Kokenovsky, I don't think he's as effective with Rostovia as he was with Zaksa. Like I, I just I just I'm not entirely sure why. Um, other than
0: that, like, yeah, I mean. Flavio actually is putting up some good numbers this year. Uh, so, Simone leads all middles in points per set. Flavio is second, and Loser is third. Yeah. But uh, Loser is so far above everybody else in volleyball in blocks per set, it's actually ridiculous. Yeah. Point, 0.81 blocks per set is an otherworldly number. It's amazing. Yeah. And, and predictably, Robert landy Simone is by far the best server amongst any middle 0.4 aces per set nobody else in, in middle blockers is even close to that um and yeah low ser hitting 566 efficiency on the year that that's incredible well, Simo in a little bit lower but uh I, this was not a it was never even a contest uh, for the, the two best middles in the super Lega no absolutely not like as soon as you start looking at the stats like and that's exactly
1: who i would have thought of before Right. Like no one in the middle the side, like Chen has been hot and cold. Like it still hasn't really clicked, clicked with him uh, and, and Lube fully. Um, but yeah, these, these guys have been dominating
0: and yeah, there's, there's no one else. Yeah. The last one I want to talk about is the opposite because this I think was the most uh the the most difficult one to pick and the and the, you could have made a lot of cases for a number of guys we ended up both going with Odis Legumja. Mm-hmm. my opinion m- my reasoning why because he he is not the most efficient attacking opposite in the league that actually belongs to Camille Rikliski, believe it or not um there's hitting 404 on the year Arthur Schwartz is at 395 which is very good um Bentara 374 like, let's see, where is Legumjo? So Legumjo's down there. He's hitting 315 on the year, which is mm-hmm. good. It's not it's not the best opposite in the league good, but he is by far the most impactful server and blocker and combination of the two amongst opposites. He, he leads all players in the league, all non middles in blocking, 0. 0.52 blocks per set. I think that is a big deal and uh, really impactful from the service line as well. 0. 0.36 aces per set is up there. And so that, that's why I personally went with him, even though his attacking numbers aren't the best in the league. Yeah, I mean, his attacking numbers aren't the best in the league, but he's up there in
1: points. And he's been really running that boat there for uh,
0: for Lube. Yeah, fourth in the league in points per set. And yeah. I think a lot of that comes from the, the blocking and the serving. Okay. So uh, we're going to we're going to unveil our, our superlatives here in a minute. But another thing we're going to do is we're going to do like a spur of the moment draft of kind yes. of our, our second teams, uh, not including these seven players. And then we can't have the same players. So we're going to we're going to highlight some more guys in just a second. But we got some awards to give out. The MPP of the first half of the season is Alessandro Micheleto. And it's not close. It's not close and it's not debatable.
1: No, if you did, I don't care who you think has been that good, but uh, Miss Micheletto or no one else, That's, no no, not let's on to the next. Uh, I think Riccine has been massive for Piacenza this year, like off the bench starting matches, he's been really,
0: really good for them. Um, yeah, he Riccine like, gets our most improved award because, yeah. yeah, last club season he was just not very good. And Piacenza kind of needed him to be good last year with foreigner limit things, and he just wasn't. And yep. this year, they need him in a similar role with, you know, Romano being hurt for a while, Leal being hurt or bad or out or all of the above or whatever. And uh, I mean, Rechine is hitting, he's sitting above 400 efficiency on the year. Uh, yeah, he's sitting 425 on the season. That's second in the league amongst wings. That's incredible. He's only behind Micheletto. That's, wow. that's spectacular for a little guy like that. Mm-hmm. is is amazing so he gets our most improved award and then we, we we added like the most surprising category and I went with Davide Gardini for this because I did not expect him to be good at all and uh his he's hitting 331 on the year which is very good 3.48 points per set on a pretty bad team and we we kind of thought that he might be, like, feeling the footsteps of Luca Poro on the bench behind him. And he's actually been the most consistent outside hitter on part of his team, keeping his spot on the court. And has passed the ball okay. So I, I thought that that was a very pleasant surprise. Who else were you thinking about for this category?
1: For, honestly, so, like, when I was doing my – this was the category that maybe decided to message you to be like, hey, let's just do one thing. Because as I was doing my like my numbers, and I know we've, we've kind of banked on Gar- Gardini for a while, but he was just a guy that kind of, like – popped up for me um another guy well no he was he was more of a of a newcomer of a newcomer my other guy was Farrah Riegers, uh mm. for, for for another newcomer um and then Francesco sani as well I thought i thought those good guys all three of those guys have been fantastic but Taylor what he's done this year the numbers that he's been putting up one of the the best scores in the league um and for a team that's doing all right I mean that that last win Recently was yesterday was crazy, and the numbers that he put up was nuts. So it, it, it had to go to him
0: for sure. Yeah, Teo4, four point seven eight points per set, second in the league, and uh, as 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 the guy, like the scorer on a pretty low level team in your first year in the Superliga. Yeah. That's the difference, because Chisterna will typically have an opposite that they rely upon like that. I mean, that's how Petard Zierlich became so highly regarded, and even Arthur Schwartz for a little bit kind of got his started opposite playing for that team in a similar role. But to have it be your first year in the league and put up numbers like that is really, really impressive. 320 efficiency as well. Yeah, very much so. Uh, We've got a couple more midseason awards some uh, just just more some more lighthearted ones. The Stooge of the Year, congratulations to Radostin Stoichev of Verona. Verona is the worst statistical passing team in the league. They yes. they get blocked more than anyone in the league, and they have the fifth worst kill percentage in the league. The only teams that are worse than them are the four teams below them in the standings that have vastly inferior weapons. So sure enough, Stoichev's stupid strategy of not caring about reception. Um is is a bad one because his offense is not good. Uh, they get blocked way too much. They are the worst passing team in the league, and he is the stooge of the year. Congratulations! Just the fact that he's like gone out and on the record and saying that like
1: passing doesn't matter. Um, it may not matter in, like, day-to-day matches, but over the course of the season, in a playoff series, when you're like looking to win, like, passing wins championships. 100%. You know, that's, that's first touch wins championships. Serving, passing wins championships. Which is kind um, of
0: why Trentino is so scary now, because that, that was 100%. their only weakness for a while, and now all of a sudden they're, like, 10 percentage points better in reception than they were last year. Don't yep. tell me that doesn't matter, Stoichev.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Like... Oh, it's just crazy, and like his game management can sometimes be good, sometimes pretty good, sometimes pretty shit. So we'll, <laughs> you know, we'll have to see. But he's just until someone else dethrones him, and the fact that Piazza's a homie now, like it just has to go to Stojchev.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, best jerseys. I really like Milano's white. That 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 was my pick. I mean, we have uh, Kaziski on the on the thumbnail today, and they're pretty beautiful. I like the white. I like the the cool like light blue pattern around the jersey number. That that was my pick. But honestly, in my opinion, kind of a down year for super legged jerseys.
1: is kind of a down year for super legged jerseys. Last year, Siena's jerseys were so nice. Um, Catania's jerseys are kind of interesting, aren't they?
0: They're interesting. Uh, <laughs> really don't like Toronto, how they have like the jersey number on the back, kind of on the back left hip of the player instead of on the center. Yeah, That doesn't make sense. Uh, Modena did have some pretty cool Christmas jerseys yesterday. I, I did like those. Uh, honorable, though, I, I, didn't see, I, I didn't see them. I did see
1: pictures of these Co- Korean Christmas jerseys that were dope, though, um, with a Christmas
0: tree on them. Ooh. yeah. And then uh, last but not least, maybe the most important award, the Daddy of the Year. Daddy of the Year award. Uh, congratulations to Dragon Stankovic, uh, who once he retires, the Daddy of the Year award will be named after him. But he is undefeated in that category. Uh, Shout outs to Daddy. At
1: uh, well, some point, we need to start giving it to other people, though
0: when he when when daddy retires which will be one of the saddest days of my life when that i happens.
1: almost i almost think the daddy of the year award should be like the 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 player who embodies the most daddy spirit
0: yeah like the, the w- when daddy retires and it becomes the dragan stankovic daddy of the year award it will go to the player who most embodies the spirit of, of daddy but while daddy is still playing it's like it's like it's like trying to get, find excuses to give the MVP to somebody other than Wayne Gretzky when you should just give it to Wayne Gretzky. Like that, okay, that's, well that's
1: let's what, let's let's find an excuse. Who do you give it to otherwise?
0: That that isn't Daddy Stankovic.
1: Yes, it's like that. I have a perfect p- person in my head. Let's hear it, Taylor. Avery, Averill. <laughs> even though he's not an actual daddy, a he loves talking about daddies. But like when you're talking about handsome middle blocker men, like Avril is is very much handsome just in a in a different way and i like that like that mustache the hair the attitude like i think i think it's a no-brainer
0: i i like it i like it congratulations taylor you, you are daddy in waiting once <laughs> once once original daddy retires all right so let's let's rip a little impromptu draft here Everett. the, okay. the rules the rules are as usual so the, these seven players on the screen are not eligible Nada. we're going to pick seven players like of the, the same breakdown of position that you see here. And we are going to take turns and we can't draft the same players.
1: Okay. But you, um, also we should, we should base off our like base off of like this season and how the players are playing this for sure, season, for sure. Right. Season. As opposed to uh general, general view when you're, when you're judging your teams, uh, do you want to do a quick little rock, paper, scissors here to decide to who, who goes, who goes first? Let's do but, it. Wait, wait, I gotta make sure. Oh wait, call how it. do we how do we tie this? Kay? on, on shoot, you call it. Okay. okay, rock paper scissors. Okay, this do it is stuff. Rock paper scissors.
0: Fuck. Okay, <laughs> one more. Rock paper scissors. Gotcha. All right, you go first. Paper beats rock. Uh, I'm gonna take as uh, on in the outside hitter category. I'm taking Ron Takahashi.
1: Yeah, that's good. He has he has been fantastic. He was real bad last game, but uh,
0: he uh Ren bad Takahashi bad is is a is a good one. Um uh, I'm I'm looking at some numbers. Ran on the season is hitting 398, uh 3.97 points per set, 0.38 aces per set, like uh yeah, so he's sixth sixth among amongst wings in hitting efficiency this year um
1: my opposite i'm going with camille richlicky
0: i was thinking about taking him too and i i'm Everett and i are very much on different sides of the ricklisky debate but he's one of only five players in the league above hitting above 400 yeah the four uh 452 there
1: for or no sorry fourth 429 for for richlicky this year it's pretty good love to see it all right what's which what who do you got next
0: uh i'll go let's see i I guess i can save my opposite for later i'm i'm going at setter and i'm gonna take paulo poro ah oh, uh, shit that's what yeah. i wanted to damn it you, you, you brought it up earlier I, and i think oh, the, the real the real thing is how bad milano was without him and how much man. better they've been since he came back all right all
1: right fair enough um on the outside give me rock mm.
0: Yeah. 346 efficiency on the year 4.3 points per set. There are not there are not very many players with above 4 points per set. No. And uh, The Rock is one of them. Uh let's see. I'm going to go I'm going to go in the middle category and I'm going to take Flavio. Okay. Uh, Flavio's the only guy kind of up there in in the same echelon as Simone and Loser. Uh actually it's those three guys. Those are the only three middles with over 100 points this year yeah so i'll take Flavia. they've been uh they've
1: been uh very very dominant um so far this year uh, okay who do i want next uh as we go down the list here uh, serving i'm currently have i'm using i'm using the stats app that bean dog uses for all his stats uh have have you tried it yet no I haven't untangled us I'll send it to you it's it's actually uh it's actually pretty good um ooh, do I want to do that
0: actually you know what i'm gonna I'm gonna do it give me Stephen Meyer uh, <laughs> uh, i'm I'm writing down our picks uh, I picked Poro ran and Flavio you picked Rick Ricklisky Mar and who is your other pick um Rod, uh, the Bo- Ro yeah that's right Okay, uh, let's see. I'm gonna take. Hmm. I think I'm gonna take another middle.
1: Oh, there's not gonna be any middles left.
0: Mm, yeah. Okay. I'm gonna take another middle. This is an interesting one. Uh, you know whose numbers are surprisingly really good, Giovanni Sanginetti of Modena. Okay. Five eighty two okay. efficiency. Uh, his blocks per set numbers are pretty low. But uh, there aren't very med- many middles over two points per set, and he is. And his serving numbers are very good. All so right. uh, he's not not doing enough in the blocking category, but uh, his I think he might have the highest attack efficiency in the league. Yeah, he does. No, Five eighty two. Nobody uh, other than Diamantini, who's had yeah, D- Diamantini much less games. Yeah, but uh, Sanginetti is. I, I'll. I'll say uh, of like regular day in day out starters, he leads the league in hitting efficiency. So I'll, I'll I'll pick him as my other middle. Okay. Um, I'm going to
1: pick as my setter. I'm going to pick Gianelli. Mm. Um, even though he hasn't go wrong, you can't go wrong. Even though he hasn't been having a, a super fantastic year. Um, I, I think that they've still been all right. And, uh, yeah, they. I think yeah, Perugia actually leads the leads the league in attack in, in kill percentage.
0: In kill percentage, but Trentino leads in efficiency. In efficiency, yes, yeah. exactly. So, um,
1: I still think gianelli has been having a, a pretty decent team, and he's still Gianelli, so I'm, yeah. I'm gonna throw him up there.
0: Uh, my other outside hitter, I'm going with Ricardo Lucarelli from Piacenza. He's had okay. he's had a super good year: three point eight points per set, uh, three eighty nine efficiency on the year. Uh, decent reception, good serving. Uh, Twelve aces, twenty-one errors. That ace-to-error ratio is one of the better ones in the league. Uh, and I just kind of like him on the eye test. He had an unroot man. There was a clip that was posted the other day. of He recycled the ball and then got back with like maybe two steps of transition on a ball that was yeah. coming from over his shoulder. Absolutely nice. pounded it cross court, like inside the attack line. It was it was gnarly. So that, I feel like we was- kind of. We kind of perennially underrate Lucarelli. I'll I'll take him as my other outside. Fair so enough. You still need.
1: Uh, give me Mark Pradraskinin. Good pick. In yeah, I think he's he hasn't been putting it up good like pick. like some of the best number of his his career, but he's still been super solid for Trentino this year.
0: Yep, good pick. Uh, another one of those middles that's above two points per set. Yeah. 0.64 blocks per set is third in the league. Yeah, uh, fourth in the league. Sorry, but that, that's that's very good. Uh, okay, so I need. I think I just need a libero and an opposite. Uh man, liberos are so hard to pick. You know what? I'm. I'm. This. I was looking at libero stats, or the the very little libero stats that there are. Trying like because we were we figured out that Lorenzano is the best reception libero in the league this year. Uh, up there as well was Julian Zenger of Padova yeah he's passed the ball super well apparently i haven't watched that many pot of the games but i'll go ahead and take him uh, as my libero
1: okay um for my other level uh middle uh give me Gianluca galassi
0: all right too many service errors for for my liking nine aces to 40 errors (laughs) <laughs> that's uh, that's rough but Does 2. he hit a float serve too No no he's a jump spinner he really really likes burying them in the oh, net that, that's his, that,
1: those are bad numbers his Yikes. favorite
0: his favorite pastime is burying serves in the net uh but uh 2.3 points per set uh a lot of blocks a lot of oh, blocks. blocks and all, yeah. and he's very heavily involved in Monza's offense so that's a decent pick uh ozzy in the chat says koza maranek that would have been a good pick as well yeah okay i just need my eye. I, d-
1: I just didn't want to go double trentino middle you know
0: yeah fair enough Not it's easy so. to pick a lot of trentino players because they yeah. are the best team in the league
1: and they're so solid all the way through
0: they are uh you know Whatever. I'm going to do it to you. I'm going to take Arthur Schwartz as my I, opposite.
1: But I I I mean you you should. He is probably like the sti- sti- statistically the next guy up. Like his numbers this year have been better than Shaposhkov's on yep. a better on a team that's better than 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 Modena. So yeah, I would like I would rate him as the fourth best opposite in the league so far and Eric Lepke get five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. so, number, like Eric Lepke's numbers on the right side have been really good this year. He's, he's, have. he's been he's been real solid. I mean, I know it's not fair to guys like Till Falk and Buchkeger, but it, it just was, is what it is. Right. Yeah, like,
0: Schwartz on the year. Three ninety five efficiency is super good. Point four nine blocks per set. Uh, it's just the serving. The serving has been yeah. the serving has been really bad. But uh, every everything else has been excellent.
1: I'm excited. Like if if he can get that serving better and there has been times when he's been really good with his serve, too. Like he's a, he had some clutch aces for Canada down the stretch th- yeah. this summer, and if he can just dial up that serving a little bit, um, I'm 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 stoked about it.
0: Okay, uh, pickle libero, and then we're done. Oh shoot, um,
1: I'm just gonna go with Belasso because I, I I know and love Belasso. Can't go wrong. We picked no Lube guys, which is crazy.
0: Well, yeah, Otis was the was oh, yeah. first team opposite uh, was 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 the first team opposite yeah for sure. But I mean, did we, did we, we write this sound? down? Uh, yeah, I, I wrote it down. Have, okay, great. Got it. So I've got uh, I've got Paolo Poro, Ron Takahashi, and Luca at outsides uh, Flavio and Sanginetti in the middle. Schwartz at opposite and Zanger at libero. You have Gianelli at setter, Stephen Mar and Rock Mosditch at outside. Camille Rukliski at opposite. Marco Pedrosian and Gianluca Galassi in the middle, and Fabio Bellasso at libero. Those Love it. Pretty, Two good squads.
1: Two good squads and only one Cuban. Love that.
0: <laughs> okay. Uh, that is it for the Super Lega. Halfway through the year. Copia Italia coming up next week. It's been uh, been, good, uh, been good to break some of this stuff down. Before we move on with the rest of the show, Everett, a couple important things. The first is that volleyballstore.com. We got a new asset showcasing all the beautiful things that you can buy. Let the people know about
1: it. Absolutely let's head over to that volleyball store.com. Once again, we had to change up the URL because they wanted to charge me like hundreds of dollars to renew it. And this one was $12. So I was like, absolutely. Let's jump on the dot com train, but you can head over to check out, check out that new, like where's daddy's shirt. Mm. I'm (laughs) excited to go to VNL Ottawa this year. And if you guys aren't wearing that, where's daddy's shirt, there's, there's going to be hell to pay. Hell (laughs) to pay.
0: Um, We, 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 I I I don't think that Serbia is going to be in Ottawa, which is really a shame because I would love to interview. No, I think they
1: are really. I think Serbia is coming back. I, that was one of the things because like our our, our friends to our our Ottawa friends, um, take yeah, well, care of of Serbia whenever right, they're there, yeah. and, and Serbia is always a good time. It's crazy. Like the Serbian team comes in, the Serbian community like does like a night in a hall for them. Like the Serbian community in Ottawa does more than the volleyball community does for Team Canada. Like it's <laughs> it's crazy. So typical. um. But, uh, no, I'm pretty sure Serbia was there for, for week number two.
0: Okay, well, we'll we'll check on that. But I would love to – if if I got to interview a Serbian player while wearing a Daddy Stankovic t-shirt, that would be really funny. Uh, but, yeah, p- pick up some Daddy Stankovic gear. Use the code SPICY for 15% off your order. And speaking of Daddy Stankovic, of course, it's time for Where's Daddy? We hide him somewhere in the show every week when you find him and comment the timestamp of where he is in the video – uh, you get a shout out on next week's show. Uh, this was some of my finest work ever from last week. Look at oh that.
1: yeah, I that one is really,
0: really good. Uh, is some of my finest work. I hid him inside that little volleyball icon from the University of Texas National Championship Infographic. So uh, there's Daddy there uh, way in the back. A couple people found him. I, I was I was actually I don't know if anyone was gonna find this one, but some people did. Martin Johnson found him first, then John Lau then uh actually really it was just those two guys it was just those two guys that that commented early enough to get the shout out for where's daddy so there he was remember to keep an eye out for him uh he's hidden somewhere in the show and comment the timestamp of where he is in the main youtube comments after the stream is over
1: yeah um for the record rob serbia will be in ottawa canada italy usa france argentina serbia netherlands and cuba fantastic Mm -mm -mm. that is gonna be a lot of fun we should we 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 should see you guys there honestly like you guys you guys need to come to ottawa um and just come party with us
0: yep get yourselves there and get some gear to wear once you get there from that volleyball com.
1: let's go um all right rob what else do we want to talk about um Where's my show notes things? That Let's I'm hit them.
0: the leg of Ali Feminile because since our last show, uh, the leg of Femminile Feminile actually had two rounds. True. Uh, True. One of them was round 13. And so that they 13 is the midway point for the leg of Feminile while it's 11 for the men, 13 for the women. So they had rounds 13 and 14. And the big storyline here, in my opinion, was the race for the Coppa Italia because yes. uh, after, after game 13, the Coppa Italia field was set, and uh, check check out the standings: Roma, seventeen points, at seventh; Firenze, sixteen points, at eighth; Vallefolia, sixteen points, at ninth. On tiebreakers, it's Firenze who barely gets in the eighth spot. Here are the results from that week. What uh, about Roma
1: though? Like dude. up into the league, like talk about most surprised newcomers of the year: Roma Volley coming yeah. in with like with a huge run here you absolutely absolutely love to see it just how good they've been this and season.
0: Pinarolo as well at 6 yeah. is incredible those two teams getting into the Coppa Italia is fantastic but as you see here uh Valofolia got three dong by Malonza, and Firenze mm-hmm. barely beat Cuneo to get a spot in the Coppa Italia that was the difference. Uh mm-hmm. other than that results wise uh, nothing surprising at all. Um, but here now, the field for the women's Coppa Italia is official. This starts actually real soon, um, I, I think. No, actually, I th- sorry. I, I think it's a, it's a little bit later in January, and then the the finals, the semis and finals are in February later. Than nice. But it's uh, number one, Camigliano versus number eight, Firenze. Number four, Novara versus number five, Chieri. Number two, Malonza versus number seven, Roma. And number three, Scandici versus number six, Pinarolo. So uh, that's the field. Yeah, it's crazy having Roma go from the second division to the Coppa Italia, and Pinarolo was like a point away from getting relegated last year, and here they are in sixth. Uh, so that's that's very impressive. Um, I actually like this. I like this field. I mean, Caneliano's going to win the first round, no problem. But uh, Novara versus Chieri is going to be a really good game. And honestly, Scandici versus Pinarolo is uh, kind of good, too. You never know.
1: Yeah. You're you're right. Did you see that uh, Mazanti got hired by Trentino the, on the women's Trentino side? Trentino women, yeah. Davide yeah, Mazanti. That was that was literally just announced today.
0: Really? Okay. Yeah. No one. No wonder I didn't see it. Yeah. Uh, well, Trentino is a bottom feeder. They need. They they would take kind of a miracle for them to not get relegated at this point. So that was what happened in week thirteen to decide the Coppa Italia. But then also we had week fourteen, just yesterday. They had a, a Boxing Day extravaganza on the women's side as well. Um, bunch of games, obviously, not a whole lot of surprises. We did see Novara versus Chieri. It's going to be a Copa Italia preview. Um, Pinerola lost to Cuneo, which was a little weird, and Valofolia beat Roma, but uh, the three main players, Cuneliana, Malonza, and Scandici, all won easily. Yeah. I mean, no one's really touching them. Even yeah. even though Novara is up there with,
1: with wins, I don't really see them competing in the same realm uh, uh, as, as the big three um and even then like canigliano has just been so good yeah. so 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 good best coach team in the world they've been together for so long it really is a testament like once again you have to ha- put them in the conversation of one of the best run clubs in the world in all um, of
0: volleyball anywhere yeah all, totally.
1: also a big news too that i'm pretty sure uh palo agonu has re-signed for uh malonza for next season as well
0: i did see that yeah uh, I know you hate
1: oh. talking about signings, but I think we should, We sh- if someone's re-signing, we can talk about that. I,
0: I agree. I right. hate talking about transfers mid-season, but uh, a but player a- sticking around, especially one of her caliber, I think that's worth it.
1: Oh, worth. A- absolutely. And that, that's, that also gives a lot of stability for Malonza, too, because they know what's going on with their team early, and they can really build around her. They can keep or you know move the, move the pieces uh, as as it's required. Although Malonza is a team that has been pretty consistent. Like, Rekki's been there since she moved from the ncaa oro's been their girl for a while yeah um you know it, it's
0: really just been oro and a couple of the middles because yeah i been guess so too super on the wings stevanovic is back at at Zajabasha now oh yeah you're right you're right you're right he's gone back and forth a bit uh but yeah i i like this malone's the team construction better than most years yeah me. way it's way better this and year. it's not even just agonu and it's not and it's not as crowded yeah true uh who's been starting on the outside for Corneliano? It's been sort of a three person uh rotation of all three Americans, Kelsey Robinson, Catherine Plummer, Khalil Lanier. Mm-hmm. Uh, all all kind of in and out.
1: I wonder uh, if I wonder if uh Spur or, uh, uh Santarelli and Karch are talking about that, you know? Like I wonder if there's communications going on there. Probably cool. not, just because of like the international stuff. But like it's very, it's very interesting when you think about it of the dynamic that for Karch, three of his top outsides are all coached by arguably his, his, rival. Biggest, and his biggest rival and nemesis <laughs> in in the national team season.
0: That is pretty interesting. That is is pretty interesting. Uh, okay, anything else on on the women's side for the League Volley Femminile?
1: No, I think uh, I think that is yeah. about it. A lot of the other
0: leagues are taking sort of like a week or week and a half break between Christmas and New Year's. So that's why there's less volleyball being played, at least right about now. But uh, we do need to catch up on Men's Champions League. Because we do. Last week was week four. There are only two regular season weeks left. Uh, the pool pictures are becoming a little bit clearer. And while there weren't a ton of amazing matches on paper last week, there were a couple notable results. So if you remember last week's show on Tuesday, we were just like the the that first match on the bottom of the screen there, Zoxa versus Zirot Bank, was just starting during last week's show. And it was a donging oh, in it was, Poland by it, Zirot Bank.
1: It, it was a tough one to watch. It was Zoxa. tough to watch. It, it really is. And I don't really know what is happening because – you you still have like you have Janusz back you have you have Bednorz back like sure you don't have all of your guys like right. Szymanski, I guess is a, is a big hole you don't really have David Smith uh in this one but like it shouldn't have been as easy as it was like this one really wasn't competitive at all no, right and like you're starting to get some of your guys back so my question Rob is that is is it time to start worrying about Zaxa or is just this a bad game against what was a pretty efficient um, zero Bank team on 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 the, in this one.
0: Yeah, Zierot Bank looked great. Uh, Matt Anderson really good, predictably twenty two. Uh, pretty good. Still 30, not twenty five. Yeah. Still don't really agree with continuing to start Kameho on the outside, but it didn't <laughs> matter. I mean, he passed like trash and, and didn't do all that much on offense. But, yeah, especially when you have B- Benny Twinstra and Vincentine. Vincentin. I was so excited for Vicentine to go there, but he's been like yeah. clearly the fourth guy all season. I just don't get that. I think he's so good. But on the, on the Zoxa side, Kachmarek was terrible in this game. Yeah. Two for 17 with six errors. There's somebody in the Discord who is complaining that we don't, like, that Kaczmarek, Some for some reason, his good performances get praised and his bad performances get ignored this is a bad performance and i'm not ignoring it he looked he looked bad i don't know why they didn't bring in kluth right like kluth yeah, is a I solid
1: option off the bench and even when you look at his numbers they weren't terrible four for eight he sure he did get blocked twice but still was better than uh better than kashmarik's numbers right he had more points than kashmarik coming off the bench than kashmarik did starting all, three, all sets. three sets like what is samuel vuo doing keeping Kachimarek and, and not having like like clues. Yeah, like that's, are you, that's a tough one. Do you want the... Oh, you weren't even
0: doing a double sub. What yeah. is going on? Tommy. Uh, they, they double subbed in the first set, but otherwise yeah, there's no excuse for, for keeping Kachimarek in that long uh, I am worried about Zoxa. I am worried yeah. about Zoxa. It's not because I don't think that they can still win championships when they have all their guys. It's because I don't know if they're going to be able to keep themselves afloat until they, get, until all guys they get all their guys back. So, however, they got a huge favor in this pool in Champions League because Olympiacos three-donged Nac That was a big help for Zoxa. So, the- get, give them still a good chance of finishing second in this pool. Uh, if if Rusolari had won that game, uh, they would... Zoxa would be ranked third, and they would not be in a good spot to, to, to advance, but because Olympiakos won that other game last week, that actually helped Zoxa's case a lot. But uh, Zaxa now need they, they must beat they must beat Olympiakos uh, in two weeks, and then they might have to beat Rusolare in week six to make it out of this pool. And Olympiac- with, without all their guys, like those are not guaranteed wins in either of those games.
1: No, definitely not. I mean, Sluško going to be out for a while. I'm interested to see if they pick up another left side, like if they're if they make a transfer within the Plus Liga or something. Because like Samanski uh, and Zeplicki, the other guy who this 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 Zplicki character who's been playing for them plays for their third, div- yeah, like, their third division, third division team. No, but so he he's like a t- he's he he was, he works a nine to five and when so when yeah when he plays he was like works a nine to five plays for the third division team and then was like playing for the third division team and then driving to go play for zox as well because that's how bad they they needed him wow yeah so this dude's like a regular joe working a nine to five playing in the Plus liga that's absolutely insanity
0: sweet story
1: yeah, great story, not a good outcome for Zaxa. Not- that's <laughs> not, that's you know this isn't this isn't like who's who's that guy the uh frig the Toronto uh Zamboni driver who ended up like jumping in uh, an
0: e-bug or something?
1: Yeah, well he he j- jumped in for Carolina in a game and won the like oh, one game as I a as backup as yeah, the emergency it, goalie, it, Yeah, It's, it's, it's kind of like
0: that. Um yeah, tough game for Zaxa. So, yeah, if, if you have to be playing Christophe Sapwatski and I mean, Shimansky wasn't even that bad this game. It wasn't good, but it wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to struggle. And also like Daniel Kitsigoy is playing, but he's, he's still dealing with like a broken finger on his left yeah. hand. So all he can do is serve. Yeah. He, he can't do anything with his left hand, uh, yeah. which is a bummer because he was so good early in the year. But yeah, yeah. one thinks, game that we saw from uh, him. the super, the super cup final. Yeah. Yeah. That was sick. Uh, yeah, Zerat Bank was very good. They were in control the entire game. That wasn't that competitive. Uh, Berkay with a good point. Uh, Faik Summit Gunesh in the middle was very good that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and uh, Betterhan Bulbul is super good as well. That dude is crazy dynamic. He uh, is. I feel like Turkey's generally solid in the middle. Maybe not great, but solid. I agree. Solid. Yeah. yeah.
1: I I knew I knew what the word I was picking. Yep. I agree with you. Um. Well, sp- speaking of the Turkey teams, though, um, well, one team that was on the other side oh, 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 that we have to talk about was Halkbank, who did not look good going into going into Berlin and getting three dunk. Now, I will dunk, admit, dunk, dunk. I do think that Max Schmelling Hall might be one of the harder atmospheres to play in. Like they, it, it, it is a tough place. It's all black. Um, but this was not what I was expecting from uh from Ankara I mean it just seemed like they were just a little discombobulated I will say this was one of the lesser games I've seen from Mike
0: Ma in a long time now yes I agree Namir Abdelaziz lost in this game <sighs> yeah absolutely Namir Abdelaziz lost Hawkbank this game 10 for 38 errors not even close to good enough. Irvin, Irvin Ingapeth was unbelievable, by the way. 14 for 23. Yeah, he wasn't gross. the problem. Gord was good. 9 for 17. Yeah. Namir Abdelaziz lost in this game. Demanded the ball in all the key moments and either failed to terminate or made errors. Because all three of these sets were close. I mean, 22, 23, 22. clock yeah. like, Bank was in this match in all three sets. And this, this, was, this to me, is, is Namir and really nobody else. To, to look at on the half bank side, but other than the home venue itself, Berlin is a team deserves credit here as well. Uh, that is a good, that is a good team that is always greater than the sum of its parts. And even without like the best game we've ever seen from Mark Sotola, uh, only 14 points. Like he's usually the uh, a guy to, to drop but a, 20, across the board. A yeah. Like they're
1: getting solid scoring from across the board. Carl jumped in with nine points. Um, um tamima with with nine Ruben shot with nine um but then also just a lot more errors on the uh hulk Bank side of things like four to 15 um ace to ace to errors uh five for eleven for Berlin um 16 attacking errors overall like just just way more errors on the 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 Ankara side on the Hawkbank bank side not good, not no. good. Uh, what, so- w- when do we start having this conversation about like what's happening happening with Namir? And I know it's been happening quite a bit in the Discord, and I haven't wanted to like really engage with it. But now I think it, it like not a great VNL, not a great European Championships, not a great Olympic qualifier. Has not been super clutch this season. Like there's been a lot of question marks on him recently, and he hasn't really been producing like we expect him to, and like his his reputation proceeds
0: too much volleyball and he's too stubborn to take time off is my opinion on it now i don't i don't know this for sure i'm not in their locker room but we do know how namir how dominant of a personality namir is and how yeah. demanding he is of being the guy mm-hmm. namir's personality is not one to accept not being the guy no he, like he must play every game and he must take all the swings and the big moments like that's just what he his personality needs and it's catching up to him right now i i, I agree with you Everett. they they pro- probably at namir's own insistence that was badly mismanaged this summer with the dutch national team he played far too much far far far, too, far much. too much and especially like i like i just beat the dead horse with this it
1: would make sense if you know you're a team you have one opposite and you have one guy you have a world class scorer in Borussia right there who's been way better than him much in the EFL league much better than him in the EFL league this year much better than him in the on, in the Champions League this year so i, I really don't know what's like Sometimes like that, that we need to remember why we used to call Piazza a stooge, and just because he's our <laughs> homie and he wants he does interviews with us doesn't doesn't mean that his decisions are you know a little weird sometimes. I
0: don't think that I don't think that Piazza's calling that shot. I think that it's Namir. And okay. I, 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 Fair enough. I, I think, I, I think that I it's Namir's with own. You, yeah, I think it's Namir's own stubbornness of just like who he is that's that's kind of coming back to bite him right about now. But I mean, this we we saw this coming that this pool. The Hawkbank Piacenza Berlin Benfica pool was gonna really? be the spiciest, and it yeah. is. Uh nine points, eight points, seven points yeah. for the top three teams. Like that Hell, even it. Benfica and other pools would have a chance. They would. They like,
1: would. If they were in like pools D or E, like it, it would be a much different a much different story for them.
0: Totally. Yeah. Uh, um, one other match I wanted to bring, I wanted to kind of look at from this past week was Lundberg.
1: Yeah, that's exactly. That's not what exactly a good one. No, which is crazy because they just had a banger against Berlin. Like They, lost they like-
0: choked that one, too. They were up 2-0 and got reverse swept. Like that's, I was going to bring that up towards the end of the show that Lundberg just cannot get the Berlin monkey off their back. And they had a golden opportunity to do it and and, and kind of blew it this one's same thing i mean they went to the canary islands and beat guaguas like a month ago yes and then they hosted them this time and get three donged and it was never really that competitive like this lundberg set themselves up so beautifully they yeah. they they beat guaguas and they beat booty and yeah. then and then they took a set from jsw like the, yeah. the second they, place in this pool was theirs for the taking all they, they if do they won this game board.
1: they would have basically like clinched it
0: right you know, like that—that it
1: no. that, that basically would have been, and uh, yeah, it was tough to see. Uh, I mean, Graham vigrass was pretty good in this one, though. Seven for ten. Shout out to Graham um, with with a block. Um, he was upset that uh, uh, there was there was the return of a certain Canadian volleyball player this past week, Rob, that we'll talk about in a second. Yes. Um, but I got a, a DM from Graham vigrass He was like, "Where was my comeback post?" <laughs> <laughs> um, Graham's
0: such a beauty. I love him
1: so oh, much he's he's such a beauty um i was he uh the out of system like made their like tour like post like their their coming season he's like but do one in toronto for a volleyball source like run a grass a and i was like only if you're there and he's like all right let's do it in calgary so i'm, I'm gonna message him see, see if maybe we can uh, organize a bit of a grass tournament in calgary
0: if graham plays at all, Other- be-
1: Oh, absolutely. I th- feel like Calgary has a really good uh, community for that, and I think it, it, we could make it happen. It could be a lot of fun. You want to go to Calgary? Maybe we should do it during the Stampede. Remember the Stampede there, Rob St. Clair? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're,
0: talk- we're, we're still talking about Champions League, buddy, not summer in Calgary. Okay. Uh, speaking of Canadians, uh, there there are lots of them on Lindberg. Xander Kaczynski came off the bench at opposite because Jan Buma was not very good. Uh, Xander was okay, went 9 for 19. 9 in for 19, two, yeah. Two sets, Uh Eric Ruhr is okay. Jesse Elser, not good. Three for 13, three errors, um, and kind of got targeted in, in serve reception. This was a, definitely yes, is, a bummer is, for Lewis. Serve
1: receive numbers, not too bad, though not passing excellently but like 64 percent positive is still that's good is, is, is still real strong he's also i don't know see like if you guys are part of the the discord bean dog has been putting some together some fantastic number breakdowns um from different leagues jesse elser has actually been one of the more effective servers in the bundesliga and matthias elser has been one of the more effective servers in the french league so we go serve the ball it's great
0: um <laughs> but this is not the Bundesliga, this is the Champions League. And this yeah. is a team that Lundberg already beat, and they get swept at home, and that that is uh, definitely a bummer. So that pool is, is a very interesting one now for, for who's going to get second behind JSW. Um, I'm not even going to talk about Pool E. It's not worth it. Uh, Trentino and Rosovia both won their games easily. No surprise there. And then uh, we already talked about Olympiakos beating Russelaria. That was uh, kind of significant. But uh, that's that's kind of it. So we have this week and next week off. And then uh, the week of January 10th is week five of Men's Champions League. Love it. We got a bit of uh,
1: Coppa Italia and then we'll jump back into Champions League. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Nice time in the volleyball calendar. Uh, I think that's kind of it for the things that I, that I had in, in the international game. But you alluded to a comeback of a certain Canadian volleyball player. And I think we got to talk about it.
1: It is kind of came out of nowhere it's not something that i was expecting i had actually been on the record multiple times saying that this individual would never to return to volleyball because why would he when you have a recording deal with red bull records but coming back to volleyball and to the Finnish league is none other than kofi kid danin gima um which is honestly incredible. I, I absolutely love to see it. I love to see him back in the game. Um, I, I'm just happy he's around. Now, Of course, we have all of the people in the Discord and, and whatnot being like, oh, you know, he's he wants to go to the Olympics and stuff like that. No chance. I, I don't think there's any chance on that, right? Like, he is, without a doubt, like, fantastic. Um freak athlete freak athlete but he was a fringe guy who played one nation's league weekend before he quit volleyball and you're going to tell me he's going to come back and and make a, a run at the national team i'm not ruling it out of the cards depending on what we see from him for 2028 like given the given his level of athleticism anything could happen but i would fully acknowledge that it's a long shot for him but ultimately i'm just happy that he's back in the game uh, and that he's still enjoys volleyball enough that he wanted to come back and, and play professionally.
0: Yeah, it's good for the game for sure. Uh, Dane and Gemma, for people who didn't know, played at UCLA like when Mike Amaha was there, and this was before UCLA got like national championship level good. Like, well, they I. Th- I think it was after Danon was gone when they lost in the final to long. No, was he
1: was No, that it was him in the final and he oh, led. Oh, that points. Okay. points. <laughs> like he was, he was the system yeah. as James Harden would say.
0: So, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, so Kofi was sick. I mean, he was, he was an unreal athlete, but play style wise at the international level, I his, don't his, see it. His blocking needs to be oh, yeah.
1: miles better than what it was. And I mean, like, I used to coach against him when he was like sixteen years old. Um and it it it's pretty incredible to see like what he became. And had he continued playing volleyball, I have no doubt that he would have been able to like make some adjustments and make some improvements, but it's 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 gonna be hard for him to, to come back, no doubt about it. But just just happy to see him. He'll be playing for Huracani Loima in the uh the Finnish
0: league. Cool. So. It yeah. is it is good to see him back to volleyball. Hopefully that hopefully Micah Ma'a can get him on the Out of System podcast to do a little bit of storytelling, or hopefully a, a Canadian friend of ours named Everett can do the same.
1: There's been there's been talks. I was going to try to see if he could we could make something happen before he leaves, but just he leaves like right after the New Year, and there's just there's just too much going on. But you know what? There's this great internet thing so i'd love i'd love to uh chat with kofi and and just talk about it once again i'm just happy i'm just happy that he's back in the game and i'm happy i'm i I hope he has some fun with it
0: me too me too all right so i think that's a show uh i I think that's a show happy new year people uh one other thing that we we talked about this in the discord but like we did earlier we did the we did like the super Lega all-star team for the midway point of the year i want to task the different channels and different like pockets of european friends and fans in the discord mm-hmm. i want everybody to come up with their own or like the communities to come up with their own lists for the midway yeah. points of your respective seasons Yeah, for turkey sure. for sure yeah. men's and women's 100%. the poland channel give give us your opinion because the plus league does this they they release it as part of their media but i want uh, the the our poll and our polish people's thoughts People who watch the League of Volley Femminile in a lot more detail, we'd love to hear from you as well. We'll, we'll try. Let's try. Any, to literally anywhere, anyone, one hundred percent.
1: Germany, Germany, France. Yeah, France. Well. We, we, we need you guys uh, doing some stuff, and uh um maybe Bean Dub. Maybe we can ask Bean Dub to help because he's got a great database for some stats. uh going on across multiple different leagues
0: yeah so something i'd like to do on next week's show is get sort of the volleyball source community midseason teams in the different leagues Ooh. so if you want to if you want to help be a part of that make sure you join the volleyball source discord the link is in the description and uh we'll we'll do some organizing in the discord and like the different channels for the different countries uh we want we want you guys to get involved and if, if we could get enough like consistent formatting of the midseason awards the different countries we can go through all of them on next week's show I think yeah. that would be very cool. Yeah.
1: All right, guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you very much for a fantastic 2023. Great As year. This is, this is a, a great year. Um, A lot wow. of things were done this year.
0: Our Norseka games, I mean, the Norseka final and then the USA Cuba game just got to above 400,000 and 300,000 views, respectively. Those things Whoa. are continuing uh, to go love that so well, yeah we, all the all the ottawa content every day was this year we were in austin texas together remember that back in January? yeah that,
1: that, we went all, all the way back but it's it's crazy like at that time we had about seven seven or eight thousand youtube subscribers and now we have over thirty 000. 31 30 th- 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 yeah so it's uh If you've just joined us this year, thank you. We hope you join us uh, again in in 2024. Uh, Of course, only bigger and better things to come. But we appreciate you uh, for being here. And we appreciate you for being you.
0: Thanks for being fans of the channel, people. Uh, I'm Rob That's Everett. Happy New Year. We will see you in 2024. Peace.